Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So we have a lot to get to today, our first episode <laughs> in the new in year. In 2017. Yeah, uh, our first podcast recording of 2017. We are going to talk about Mariah Carey's big New Year's Eve performance meltdown bonanza. We're going to talk about Queen Elizabeth and her health and Christmas and sort of what that all means. We're going to talk about Brangelina. And I mean, how could this be an episode of In the Limelight if we didn't check in on our girl, Meghan Markle, as well? So we'll be making sure to do that. <laughs> we were thinking a lot about her over the holidays. I know. Like, I'd say maybe like 30% of our texts were like just <laughs> daily mail links to Meghan Markle related content. <laughs> right. There was one amazing radar report that she was really upset that Harry wasn't making the effort to meet her parents over the holidays. I was feeling that, you know, she's putting in all this time. She keeps flying to London. She has to go through all these trials and tribulations. I never would normally say I'm down with this radar report, but I was and feeling By trials and tribulations, you mean like waiting outside the Buckingham Palace gate with that Whole Foods bag until someone let her in, <laughs> someone buzzed her in. Yeah, like having to manage to get her phone out while she carries the bag. But Julie, how was your holiday break? Was there any pop culture related fireworks over your break? I know you're in Seattle. I was in Seattle. The Carrie Fisher thing really, really bummed me out. I yes. binge read all of her memoirs. So I was I was doing that. I watched Postcards from the Edge. I was a very big Carrie Fisher fan, not for Star Wars as much, but for her memoirs. And then I was just laying around, I think it was two nights ago, and I saw a Suits preview for the new season. And they're very much leaning into the whole Meghan Markle. It was all Meghan Markle. It was like 30 seconds of just her. And apparently on the new season, she's going to be proposed to. Which definitely, definitely was a plot they came up with after this Prince Harry stuff. They're like immediately throughout every script they had. They're like, we are redoing this entire season in the light of these new Meghan reports. But it was all like cutaway shots of her with a hand over her mouth, surprised, and then someone pouring a bottle of champagne and all talk of engagement. She is definitely taking, her character is taking like a trip to London soon. And like she's going to date a redhead. It's, it's, <laughs> I guess they're just, they're pulling out all the stops. 
I've never watched an episode. <laughs> but I was really excited for your trip because you went home to Boston and during that trip, you went to a very special restaurant, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, also on Carrie Fisher, it's funny because my brother and I watched the um, 30 Rock episode that she was in a few days after she passed away. I think someone had tweeted about it and we we're like, oh, yeah, because well, I, I remembered loving that episode and it really held up. Also, just it's always weird, totally separate from kind of how it was great to see Carrie Fisher doing that funny role with Tina Fey. But just a side note, it was crazy to see how young Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, Jane Kirk, like everyone looks so different at the beginning of 30 Rock. Which season was that? I think it was like the second season. She kind of basically plays a version of Carrie Fisher, like an old comedy legend who's kind of coaching Tina Fey, who like Tina Fey is obsessed with, or Liz Lemon, I should say. Liz follows her around and she ends up getting fired and they go work on jokes together. Anyway, but yes, the restaurant. So I was in Boston and we went to, oh gosh. So about maybe like the backstory is maybe, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, Blake Lively posted an Instagram and we all know about from a previous episode, my relationship to Blake Lively. <laughs> Die hard. He once lived like Blake Lively for, was it three days? Yeah. It wasn't nearly long enough. <laughs> so she posted this Instagram about Ryan Reynolds's 40th birthday which they celebrated in New York at this restaurant called Oh Yeah, or Oh Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Space YA. And it's this Japanese restaurant. And she was like, oh, you know, we're so lucky to be celebrating such a wonderful occasion at one of our favorite spots. The same restaurant that we celebrated his 35th birthday five years ago in Boston there's an oh yeah in Boston as well. I'm explaining this in a very convoluted way. But anyways. I feel like this is definitely not how you pronounce the name of this authentic <laughs> Japanese restaurant. Oh yeah. No, oh yeah would be excited about this promotion we're doing, but they're not because I'm totally butchering the pronunciation. Okay, but it's like an interesting Instagram. I'm sure you can all really picture it while I'm describing it. You're seeing them celebrate the 40th birthday, but then she's holding a photo of the 35th birthday celebration five years earlier in Boston at that oh yeah outpost see I scrolled so fast past that photo I didn't even realize (laughs) oh and then and then the key kind of kicker is that she says at the Boston restaurant is where they fell in love like she uses those words so, I remember one of them saying that the first time they really fell in love, they were slow dancing alone in this empty restaurant. Is this, oh yeah? No, that's confusing. So the first okay. date was in New Tribeca, where they slow danced at a mystery restaurant. They've never said the name of that restaurant. So I guess they didn't fall in love when they slow danced. <laughs> because they didn't fall in love until they ate at this Boston Japanese restaurant. So you can see where this is going. My family went to this restaurant they're really willing to put up a, with a lot to deal with me. So I was expecting like a shrine to Blake and Ryan or Blake specifically. At least a photo. Yeah, but it was too cool of a restaurant for that. I feel like 99% of restaurants would play this up, but this was like a really hot restaurant. I guess it has been for five years. Oh, by the way, when I looked it up, Jennifer Lawrence, Martha Stewart, a few other celebrities have gone to the New York one. So I guess this restaurant's trendy. I just love that if this was your restaurant that you owned, there would be a full shrine. <laughs> we would change the name to like Lively Town or something. But our waiter was wonderful. He's a really nice guy. I was working up the courage over the course of this dinner. Like, do I ask him 
about what table Blake and Ryan sat at. It's also a really small restaurant. It only seats 37 people. So you had this reservation. <laughs> How long had you made this reservation? As soon as his Instagram went up, I sent it to my mom being like, <laughs> get this on the calendar. And my mom did an amazing job. She got a reservation. Shout out to your mom, Janet, who's yeah. been wonderful and supportive <laughs> yes. with the podcast yes. and all other Always. pop culture yeah. ventures. But... We got this reservation. We went there. No sign of anything related to Blake. I feel like I keep letting the podcast down. I didn't ask President Obama about Meghan Markle. You were striking out. This is such a disappointment. Just felt, I felt like I didn't know how to phrase it to the waiter. Because also it was five years earlier. Like he probably wasn't there when Blake and Ryan came in. I did look at the Instagram and kind of figure out exactly where in the restaurant they would have taken the photo. Which was cool. <laughs> we did. This is a very anticlimactic story. So you went there. Did we went there. We just went there. That's the thing. I know. I laughed and being like, Julie's going to be really not happy about this. I probably shouldn't even bring it up on the podcast. Were you hoping to meet your Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, oh, my gosh. Wait, do you, I just said, oh, yeah, <laughs> without even trying to. But I was definitely looking out for celebrities. I don't know why any celebrities would be eating there now over the holidays in Boston. But I was trying to keep my eye on what was going on around me. But I didn't make any overtures. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't recreate the photo. The closest I came to anything was that I took a photo of this potpourri display down where the bathrooms were because I thought Blake probably liked them. <laughs> like, it looked very Blake-ish. <laughs> it was this kind of floral potpourri setup. And I was like, oh, I could see Blake walking by and being like, oh, this is really nice. And taking a picture and showing Ryan and him being like, who cares? Anyway, I guess this made me spiritually closer to Blake in some way. And Ryan, I did not fall in love with anyone and i did not get any details on where blake sat or what she ordered there's a really expensive tasting menu there and i'm sure she did oh. that it's 17 chorus 17 course who has the time or the stomach capacity for 17 courses well it's like tapas style or whatever you call it but japanese <laughs> julie if you come to boston ever with me and my family we will, well, we'll i'm kind there. of mad i didn't know that was on the books you should cc me the next time you send yeah. something to your mom like well, that I, I would have flown i would have had no qualms about asking every <laughs> staff member until i found uh, i know and i feel like if we had been there i would have had the courage to do it i, feel I like know i would have given you strength yeah, i feel like we would have emboldened each other we would have recreated the photo it would have been like all in well, you know what? That was before 2017. So maybe that's your New Year's resolution. Be a little bolder. <laughs> this is the year where I ask all waiters all questions. I don't hold back. But Julie, the biggest pop culture thing, I guess, over the break that I know we were both very uh, amused by was this Mariah Carey breakdown. So what happened? So I don't know anyone who really watches New Year's Rock and Eve anymore, but apparently there were a lot of people out there because their big performer build was Mariah Carey. So she goes on stage and her backing track wasn't synced up. I came to this fact on Twitter. Twitter you was weren't melting. watching Rockin' Live exactly when it happened at like 11.35. <laughs> I built my entire New Year's Eve around <laughs> that performance. No. But so Twitter was having this meltdown of like, of course, this is the perfect way to end 2016. This is the <laughs> New Year's Eve performance 2016 deserves. Yeah. But so her backing track wasn't synced. She was desperately trying to communicate with the sound people, but kind of talking her way through. It was a disaster. She kept saying, we're missing some vocals. I'm going to let the audience sing. 
finally like three songs and she just had it and she said i wanted a holiday too can't i just have one so that was a whole disaster Wait, she actually said that i think i missed she, that somehow yeah i wanted a holiday too can't i just have one <laughs> and like her publicist immediately issues a statement like mariah was an aspen she flew out for this she did the, this huge favor she could have stayed in aspen meanwhile it was like this insane $20 million Airbnb that she was plugging back there. Anyway, this happened and I was kind of thinking it would be too far in the rear view mirror for us to discuss it on the podcast. But then after there was some interesting fallout. First of all, though, she tweeted after I did appreciate her tweet. She had a sense of humor. Yeah. She said shit happens. Have a happy and healthy new year, everybody. Here's to making more headlines in 2017. So she had a sense of class and grace. But then what happened was her people were accusing Dick Clark Productions of trying to like sabotage her New Year's performance. (laughs) And Dick Clark Productions issued this insane statement about that is not the spirit of Dick Clark. If anything, Dick Clark (laughs) loves performers, wants to raise them up. Someone leaked some story about how they were so terrified Mariah wouldn't get there on time that they had assigned an entire staff to be responsible with leading Mariah from the hotel in Times Square that they had situated her to the stage on time. That's like five blocks away. (laughs) Right, but they were so concerned that there was... So that what happened. Dick Clark Productions issued this long, long statement about how this was on Mariah. And then last night, Josh, you sent me this link... Mariah's manager did this insane interview with Entertainment Weekly, essentially just talking about how Mariah was a saint for putting up with this chaos that was thrown at her. And it had really some phenomenal quotes. Josh, did you want to read some of the quotes? Yeah, I loved... um... There are so many good things in here. I mean, first of all, one of my favorite things about this is that they acted like her cutting her vacation short was the (laughs) biggest sacrifice like any American has ever made. I think we can all rest assured she gets her vacations. <laughs> anyway, I love this interview because the manager, or what is it? She's, yeah, her manager, her publicist, whatever. It was the manager, because then afterwards I watched Mariah's World, and I was able to put a face to the name, and I have more backstory. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear about that. So basically she says she should have walked off and thrown the mic at somebody's head. <laughs> I like that as just kind of like, oh yeah, that's what should have happened. That would have really made it all go away. <laughs> that would have been a great moment. She's just ignoring it. She's got so many more important things to do. And this goes under the heading of no good deed because she was doing them a favor. Also, wasn't she? I'm sure she was paid for that. It's not like she volunteered her time. (laughs) That's what I mean. This whole thing is like she's doing some like charitable, amazing like UNICEF work (laughs) or something. It's like, no, she was doing a performance. I'm sure they paid her a ton of money. Also, by the way, it's amazing to watch because Mariah does no dancing. The extent of her performance (laughs) is her bopping from foot to foot and then some burly shirtless man comes from behind and lifts her up. up so her whole performance is essentially her being lifted and put back down and then my favorite is this end she goes shimmel's re- direct request was because she's like explaining how they like originally got mariah to do this in the first place the direct request was i'm begging you to do this america needs this moment after donald trump 
Mariah, the panacea to Lullabar. Maybe they're on to something. I don't know. Because clearly we're all like distracting ourselves with this when like everything's crazy is going on in our country. I love this framing though in a way of her as like can't be bothered. What is she doing today? I'm sure she is obsessing over this. Clearly she's like sending her people out left and right. But then Mariah, Mariah's manager broke down the evening with such over the top detail because Dick Clark Productions claimed she showed up late, but then Mariah's people like took you step by step. She showed up at, <laughs> you know, 5.36 p.m. She got there 30 minutes early. She had to wait there for them to be ready for her. It's like Watergate or something. This whole thing is like being broken down with the intensity of a national government committee or something. The one point the manager made that I did agree with is that why didn't they cut to a different feed or like why did they show it on the West Coast? It does right. sort of seem weird. This was catastrophic. Can't remember the last time I've seen it. Like since Ashley Simpson's SNL lip syncing mess up. Right. Where like someone was just so clearly, I mean, she didn't even try at a certain point and she's just talking. I felt really bad for all the people who had been out in the cold for like <laughs> Waiting for 24 that. hours waiting for that and all i could think of when i was watching mariah kind of shuffle around on stage <laughs> it was shuffling that's the exact word <laughs> was what would beyonce have done if that had happened to her she would have not just phoned in two more songs and walked out oh then my other favorite part of it was that when she ended she goes it don't get any better like, like, like she she literally does a little spin and she goes, it don't get any better, which I guess was sarcastic, but maybe almost not because like it doesn't really get any better. That was an amazing five minutes. So, But I just thought that was a great mantra for 2017. <laughs> You know, if something goes wrong. Oh, I like, love that as our mantra. If something goes wrong, just do a little cool spin in your sequiny leotard and say it don't get any better, you know, just own it. I don't know. In the Mariah versus Dick Clark Productions feud here, I guess it seems like they think it was her team. She thinks it was them. We're never really going to know the answer, huh? I think Mariah's just used to being handled like a diva by this team of yes people. This is insight that I got from watching a single Wait, yeah, episode so tell me of about, Mariah's So tell me World. about the show. So you watched the first episode? I have not seen the reality show yet. I watched the second episode because that was what was available on DVR and I was not about to pay for the first episode. <laughs> That, that should be on the DVD someday for the show as the endorsement. Okay. So first thing you need to know is it's executive produced by Mariah. So so it is edited and overproduced with like the soft focus lens oh, whenever yeah. she comes on, interwoven with hazy shots backstage at some European arena but it's so overproduced it makes keeping up with the kardashians look like rough combat footage <laughs> like from some war-torn territory but it's just like insane because mariah all the people around her at one point like they show rehearsals and rehearsals are her being lifted by six shirtless men on one of those cleopatra carriers oh, nice. from one side of the stage to the other that's what rehearsal consists of <laughs> she's always wearing these like vanna white unitards she's never standing up she's always again some sort of divan anyway at one point her manager says like you know mariah's the lowest maintenance person on this tour <laughs> and that's what? cut between all this footage of her in furs and six inch stilettos walking in and out of a building but they make her seem like mom of the year like boss of the year at one point 
she used to referee an employee feud. <laughs> and to do that, she references their astrological signs. She's like, well, what you have to know about these two personalities is this is an Aries and this is a Leo and those signs do not mix. So that's her compass point. That's how she views probably everyone, I'm guessing. Does she have a sense of humor of her like ridiculousness, do you think? Or does she seem so far gone at this point that it's like she doesn't even have any self-awareness? Well, at one point she's getting her makeup done and she's telling the story of why she favors her one side over the other. And she does have a sense of humor about that. But in the next scene, she's having a 12-year-old actually manage her social media account. (laughs) An actual 12-year-old. And her manager's explaining like, well, that's you know the age group that Mariah is trying to really appeal to on social media, 12-year-olds. So she does and she doesn't. Yeah, that's interesting. From the different talk show appearances and things I've seen of her recently, I feel like she gets that she is playing up this character. But I don't know, maybe it's so ingrained in her. It's just more alarming to me that every other person in that show and on her staff is such a yes person and telling her that she's this goddess. Is there like a plot? What's the point of the show? (laughs) Like her rehearsals for a tour? Yeah, I don't know. There was one scene where her personal assistant was really struggling to set up the Apple TV. (laughs) At one point, her ex-fiance, James Packer, showed up on tour briefly, but I've never seen two people with less (laughs) chemistry. (laughs) I've read somewhere that, like, they were going to put the backup dancer she's dating on the show after the fact. Like, they were doing new scenes or something with him. There was a backup dancer really stressing out after one performance because he said Mariah's always fantastic, amazing. His job is really to give her the energy to even be more fantastic. And he was really worried that in the last performance, he didn't do that. He wasn't there for her. How wild to be in this world. Like, imagine working for Mariah. You must be so, I don't know, brainwashed. It's like a cult. It's yeah. a scary cult with their leader is this... <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine what it's going to be like this week for all of them in the wake of this New Year's situation. That is not going to be a pleasant work environment. (laughs) Wait, wait, but I have to read you the next episode, which I did not watch, but this was the DVR's plot summary. I can't wait. Mariah must win back her fans when a time change goes unnoticed. (laughs) (laughs) So there must have been like a concert stop where she showed up four hours behind. Because a time change goes unnoticed seems like the (laughs) nicest, most euphemistic way of putting that, by the way. (laughs) I mean, does she constantly fire people? I feel like she would be the kind of person to be like, there's eight grapes instead of seven. They're fired, you know? I would be in constant fear of that sort of thing. I don't know, because also Mariah executive produced it, so there is no unflattering footage of her. Like, nothing of her. She's only breaking up fights. There's there's a whole scene where a backup dancer praises her, saying that she's allowed to bring her six-year-old on tour with them, and that's unheard of. And the oh backup, I don't know. I mean, the fact that she can just kind of pick, it's almost like a promo video. It's almost silly that they even have the show, right? But I kind of love that it's just sort of her vanity project. It's amazing. From one queen to another, we're going to move from Mariah to Queen Elizabeth. So I watched my first two episodes of The Crown over break, <gasps> which I know incredible? you're obsessed with it. I loved it. And I, I mean, I write about the royals for the website. I write about Queen Elizabeth, but it was actually really interesting to me to see 
I'm, I'm saying this as if it's like actual documentary footage of her, but to see the queen when she was in her 20s, I was like, damn, she's lived such a long life. She became queen so long ago and she's still queen now. All the stuff she's seen. I wish she could go on Oprah and watch what happens live. And like, I wish she could like go on all these shows now and write a memoir, talk about all her appearances. There's so much probably she has to say about seeing how the world has changed over the past, whatever, six decades. Oh my God, I would love if she went on a promo tour (laughs) with, what is it, Hoda and Kathy Lee? (laughs) Have like a glass of rosé at 10 a.m. I would love, I mean, that's the thing. I feel like she must have so much to say. You know, she's 90 now. But wait, so the queen, she has a heavy cold. So this is a little bit of a somber topic. I'm definitely a little concerned. She missed Christmas services. Has that ever happened, Josh? You're the royal expert. I mean, not in the time I've been writing about the royals here. So not in like the past four or five years. She also missed New Year services. But I saw that the people.com write-up said that she's doing okay. She's looking through her papers. They were trying to make it seem a little bit less serious because I do feel like people are on edge. There was like a Twitter hoax, a fake BBC account had said that she passed away over the break. I think it immediately got refuted. But but if there's one thing we can take away from the crown, it's that the queen has such a sense of duty. Mm. I feel like she's she's going to be reading that red box of letters or whatever until her last <laughs> breath. I mean, I don't know. The only thing that makes me nervous is like because she knows so much about how these things get perceived and like all of that stuff, I am worried she's really not doing that well because she knows that missing these number of things is going to cause concern. So I'm just nervous. Right. It's kind of eerie because in the first season of The Crown, there's a parallel plot line. Once she is anointed queen, she's dealing with Winston Churchill, who's in declining health as played by John Lithgow. And she keeps getting in fights with him because he won't confess to having this poor health. And it's all about dealing with him and his declining years and what you tell the public and what you don't tell the public and what you keep private about that. So I've only seen the first two episodes, but obviously, spoiler alert, the king dies in the second one. (laughs) And Jared Harris, is that his name? His cough was so intense (laughs) for those first two episodes. (laughs) There must have been like 80 different times where he coughed blood. And my brother and I were watching, we were both just like, how does he even do that cough? It was so raspy and guttural and gross. I guess whenever you see blood in the handkerchief in a period movie, you know that's portending doom. But... This was a lot. He must have coughed blood 18 times in that first episode. And was he even nominated for a Golden Globe? I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, that is the question there. Did he get anything (laughs) for all of his troubles? So from one queen to another, (laughs) moving on to Angelina. There was a really sad Daily Mail report over the holidays about how Brad was spending Christmas all alone. It was his most miserable Christmas ever because Angie had the kids. They're in the middle of this divorce and she wouldn't let him see them. One report had it that there was a very, quote unquote, cordial gift exchange between Pitt and his six children attended by a therapist which was just the saddest report ever. What? A cordial gift exchange. Can you imagine what that looked like? We know what the gifts were. We don't know what the gifts were. Wait, so the, th- the therapist had to monitor the gift exchange? The way they reported it, it made it seem like Pitt drove to some parking lot <laughs> where six kids and their therapist met him. 
for like 20 minutes max. He gave them these presents. They tore open the wrapping paper and then sped off. I mean, any gift exchange that has to be monitored, I feel like is inherently somber. He was cleared of all the charges, right? Cleared of all the charges. And now his legal team is accusing Angie of, you know, leaking things to press by putting it in court documents. And I guess the court documents aren't sealed. They use some crazy phrase for her, right? Oh, gosh, I need to find it. Cut to the Daily Mail post photos of Angelina. Where was she? Was she in Aspen with Mariah? She was in Aspen hanging out with Mariah Carey. (laughs) But she also... She was in... Crested Butte. I saw photos of her and the kids and they all had ice cream cones. Yes. And I was like, isn't it really cold there to be having ice cream? Exactly. But it seemed like several different outings where the paparazzi just happened to be. And then there was also one of them skiing. And I never know how the paparazzi can catch a celebrity skiing because they're covered head to toe. But somehow they knew. This is it. She has no self-regulating mechanism. That's what Brad Pitt's team said about Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Which like is like so technical, but like also feels really harsh. <laughs> I don't even really know what it means. <laughs> Julie, you have no self-regulating mechanism. <laughs> it reminds me of when Jennifer Aniston said Brad Pitt was lacking a sensitivity chip in Vanity Fair. The Daily Mail's report cited that as well, saying Brad is just kind of reliving their marriage, thinking about what he did wrong. Uh, sure, he wasn't the most sensitive person around her illness, but mm, I don't know. These kids are going to have the craziest memoirs when they get older. That's what I was going to say. I just hope I'm alive for the memoir. <laughs> I hope they're all writing everything down. Well, there's this one photo of Angie and Shiloh and Knox walking out of an ice cream parlor. I guess she took them individually. They had separate (laughs) ice cream outings. But I was thinking, where's Maddox? In my theory, there's a little sign behind them. Uh, (laughs) Second level oxygen bar. So I was just picturing Maddox (laughs) hanging out at the oxygen bar. That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, also Maddox is what, like six? 17 now 17 he's like getting up there right he's just counting down the days till he can finally get that penthouse suite to himself and like i don't know what he's gonna do i'm worried they're all just gonna be really low profile worried right like (laughs) worried (laughs) angelina looked sort of happy in the photos she Um, looked happy in the photos yeah i hope some happiness can come in 2017 A sad Christmas tale. A sad Christmas tale. Well, looping back around just to Meghan Markle. Not so sad Christmas tale. (laughs) Well, actually, no, she did have a sad Christmas tale, too. If you believe radar and you always need, like, a bathtub of salt. Our quick Megan update. We don't know much about her New Year's because she hasn't posted on Instagram for three weeks. How are we supposed to know? So something happened because she was posting as we know, every other day, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving throwback, you know, second Thanksgiving, TBT to my turkey. Right. And now all of a sudden, well, everything went black and I don't know what's going on. My only fear is that somehow the palace or Harry have intervened and been like, hey, we're not okay with this, but that would be horrible. I mean, the Daily Mail, they had one Christmas Eve report that was Meghan Markle presents a friend's child with gift. <laughs> I'm not like super nervous, but I'm like, I hope things keep rolling because she's going to go back to suits. Now I feel like people are going to get in maybe Harry's head, though. I did just see he's on the cover of Town and Country. Did you see this? And 
he is wearing in the cover photo the matching bracelet with Megan. Megan's not in the I'm photo. I'm devastated they didn't get you to write that cover story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that there wasn't like an inset of Megan or any mention of her on the cover, I thought was very restrained of Town & Country. It's, <laughs> it's about like his charitable works. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> which, you know, I mean, maybe Megan's mentioned in the piece. I haven't read the full story yet. Um, but I loved that little shout out of having the little bracelet and you know she's like sent him some texts when she saw that. So Megan spending New Year's and Christmas alone, do you think she was frustrated by that? What's your take? I don't know. It's so hard to get a sense of her personality or her what she would expect. But yeah, I guess with the queen being sick, maybe she had more sympathy and mm. more understanding for Harry. Yeah, like she was yeah. kind of like, all right. She had her week in London. They went to that play. She definitely sent him a lot of text messages, like thinking of you, sending you strength. Yeah. As we talked about last week when Richard was on, I feel like she doesn't have, at least in her public persona, that edge. I feel like she kept it very upbeat. That's my right. feeling. I feel like she was just like thinking of you and all the Christmas tidings or whatever. <laughs> well, I loved your line. What was it? Oh, yes. If you're not following the In the Limelight Instagram, In the Limelight VF is the handle. It was, may everyone have as glorious a 2017 as Meghan Markle's 2016 was. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't phrased quite that clunkily. <laughs> we, we have so many inspirations. We have Mariah closing her thing. We have... What was our mantra, our new mantra? <laughs> don't get any better. We have Megan. We have Ice Cream with Angelina. What mm -hmm. other 2017 inspirations do we have? Blake Lively, it's restaurant vibes. Right. Well, what an inspiring list that was. If you're if you're not like feeling galvanized now, God help you. But I think that's it for, <laughs> yeah, that, for you. That, I think like what more can be said? That does it for this week's In the Limelight. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, please remember to rate, review us on iTunes. It really helps us to find new listeners. That's what really puts the Meghan Markle spirit in our step when we get anyone new finding us. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. This episode was edited and produced by Alana Milner. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week when hopefully Mariah will have... Actually, she probably, I was about to say Mariah will have calmed down, but she probably will not have calmed down by then and we'll have 10 more things to talk about related to her New Year's Eve fiasco. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.